0: Welcome to the Wits Up podcast. Now, before we get underway with our latest episode, I just wanted to say thanks. Thank you for following and supporting Wits Up. It's always been our passion for sport, combined with our commitment to greatness and integrity, all wrapped up with a sense of humor uh, that we hope to magnify women's sport through media. I think it's fair to say that it is a Herculean effort by the Wits Up team to travel to as many races as as we can per year, because we truly know the value of on-ground coverage for female athletes. We've written thousands of previews and race wrap-ups, conducted hundreds of interviews, produced endless resources for triathletes to learn about all things swim, bike, run, uh, as well as strength and conditioning, nutrition, uh, and gear choices. We've hosted panels, brunches, and events to relay inspiration to people far and wide, both in person and online. We've laughed, cried, and been inspired by athletes. Don't tell anyone I cried, though, because I need people to know that I'm tough. Uh, But we've captured all these moments on our many different platforms that we provide. With the world in a bit of a spin right now, due to the virus that we shall not name, actually we're going to call it Voldemort, as uh, we're going to try not to talk about it too much on our platforms. And I hear that you're not supposed to say that guy's name, so I think it fits well. So here at Wits Up, we prefer to try and stay in our lane as much as possible and leave the discussions of Voldemort to the wizards that are the medical professionals. So we will endeavor to continue to bring you great content, uh, but we're inviting you to be a part of our movement. Now, the best way to help us continue to publish the powerful narratives of women in sport is to subscribe as a patron member. The link is in the description of this episode, or you can find it on our website. Your contribution will directly help us grow and expand our existing channels, travel to more races eventually, obviously, and deliver high quality audio and visual stories that highlight the powerful women in our sport. Additionally, keep on sharing, commenting, subscribing, and liking the more eyeballs and ear ear canals, I think yeah, let's say e-canals on our platform, the better. So thank you once again for your continued support of WitsUp and we look forward to bringing you more greatness. Okay, let's get stuck into our chat with Chelsea Sodaro, and just remember, keep yourselves knee-deep in awesomeness. Well, I am... Very excited uh, to welcome to the airwaves for the first time, probably the first time I think we would have heard your voice uh, on any kind of Wits Up channel. This is Chelsea Sodaro. Welcome.
1: Hey Steph, thanks so much for having me.
0: <laughs> now, you're married. Is Sodaro your maiden name or your married name? Sodaro is my
1: married name. Yeah, I my maiden name is Riley, so all most of my pre triathlon like running results are all Chelsea Riley, and then right. I yeah switched <laughs> it over towards the end.
0: Got it. So yeah. I feel like um, yours you're probably a, a little bit of a different case because, like you said, running was a different name. Triathlon, uh, you're pretty much known as Sidaro. but people run into this uh i guess an issue when they get married that they've got this public persona do they change their name uh or, or you know because when even when it comes to looking up results it gets a bit hard totally i was actually
1: really conflicted about the whole name changing situation because yep. i was pretty attached to my maiden name my dad is like uh has he's a Bostonian and he has very strong Irish roots and so that was always something that was like very ingrained in my identity growing up and I just like like the ring of Chelsea Riley and so um yeah it was kind of a tough decision for me but my husband honestly has been such a big part of my whole athletic career and it was something that was important to him and he has invested so much in this and, and yeah. what we're kind of doing together. And so it's a little bit of a, an homage, I guess, to that investment that he's made in my career. But um,
0: right.
1: yeah, I, I go, I haven't made necessarily the smoothest transition with it. <laughs> so, but it is what it is. <laughs>
0: well like i like i say the triathlon world pretty much knows you as sodaro and i like i like that approach that is uh you, you guys are a team who are tackling this uh triathlon career totally it was funny i was
1: actually doing working on a piece for one of my sponsors recently and i we were discussing kind of this idea of team and i said something to the effect of you know i wouldn't I definitely wouldn't be doing this anymore if it weren't for my husband and what he has poured into this whole pursuit. And uh, the person I was speaking with said, don't take this the wrong way, but that sounds a little sketchy if we're looking at, uh, if we're kind of coming in to this whole conversation with like a feminist girl power sort of um Approach and I said, I don't know what could be, I don't know what could be more feminist than like basically him devoting his life to my dreams. So, yeah, uh, it, the whole conversation was like pretty lighthearted and, um, definitely just trying to like make me think about what I was saying. I did, didn't take offense at all, but, um,
0: yeah, it's it's
1: a it's a team effort for sure.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I feel like when when you uh, talk about being feminist or a feminist approach to, to things, feminist doesn't mean to the exclusion of men at all. Uh, that that's something that I have been. I don't know, it's the message that we've tried to put out there since day one when we launched Wits Up is that, yeah, we are all about women in triathlon, but not to the exclusion of men, which is why we sort of included supportive dudes in, you know, as a bit of a lighthearted look at it. Uh, But, yeah, I don't don't understand that whatsoever. A a strong woman can have a strong man by her side, can have a strong – other woman by her side can be a strong woman by herself. I don't think – has to be pinch and hold that you know you lead the charge solo out front at all
1: yeah totally I agree and uh I come from like as a kid I played team sports and that's something that I've tried to incorporate Mm. into my whole athletic career because I think it's way more fun when you're you know it
0: totally
1: endurance sport is so isolating as it is because you have to spend a lot of time by yourself and in your own head even if you're with other people. And so I've really tried to make a point of bringing other people along with me or going along for the ride with other people's journey because it's just way more fun when you're around people who inspire and motivate you and care about what you're trying to do.
0: For sure. Do, what team sports did you play? Because I'm i exactly the same. I used to be team sports you know, for pretty much my entire life until I found triathlon. And the I really struggled with going from a team sport to, you know, what is essentially a an individual sport.
1: Yeah, I was a soccer player growing up. I was pretty serious about it and did the whole traveling competitive soccer thing. And then mm-hmm. I didn't really fall in love with running until my – high school freshman year of high school on the cross country team and it was more about the other girls on the team and that camaraderie of trying to achieve something together that really attracted me to running not so much the
0: actual
1: sport itself.
0: (laughs) I love it so what's um what's your your thoughts on the uh, U.S. women's soccer team?
1: Oh my goodness. I am such a big fan. Uh, I went to UC, I went to UC Berkeley and Alex Morgan and I are the same year and I don't know her well at all, but I have followed her career and I just, gosh, I love, I love what they're doing. I love that they stand for so much more than sport and You know, they talk about, like, little boys coming up to them and saying that they want to play, like, Megan Rapinoe or they want to play, like, Carly Uh, Lloyd or whoever, and I think that that's just
0: the coolest. Totally. And how cool is it, um, and and that's a sort of thing here in Australia, is that uh, there's the Women's AFL Australian Football League that's been running for a couple of years now, Uh, and a lot of their messaging is around these women aren't just inspiring uh, girls it's it's boys as well who are putting these women on a pedestal and and I think that's such an important message to put out there to young boys and girls.
1: 100% I think you know this whole movement only works if we're educating and inspiring both men and women we need everyone to buy in and and carry this message forward it's not just about little girls it's about everyone supporting women in sport and and realizing how powerful and empowering that is and so yep. yeah I'm just it's, it's amazing to me how many female role models there are for kids right now I didn't even know that yeah. you could be a professional runner or triathlete when I was um, you know in high school and now yeah. we have Uh, so I live in Marin County and Kate Courtney is from where I live and Uh she has like I don't know 400,000 Instagram followers and she's just like this incredible beacon for female athletes and for male athletes and I we didn't have people like that when I was growing up we didn't know that you or I didn't know that you could be a professional athlete in all these different kinds of sports in that capacity and so the fact that that's so accessible right now and that we have those positive role models to look to is just is really cool
0: definitely absolutely and I I kind of feel the same growing up I, I mean I didn't even know what triathlon was when I was growing up and where I live uh or where I grew up in in Tassie I guess because it's not known to be a a warm place. Uh, I, the thought of you know swimming in the ocean—it's not something that you grow up thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Whereas, like a Queensland here in Australia is a, is a lot warmer place. Uh, so it was probably a lot more well known throughout the school system. But yeah, where I grew up, you pretty much knew about netball, uh, and that's about it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the
1: different, different. The opportunities ways. are a bit
0: more endless these days. Yeah. Yep, Yeah, for sure. Um, now just about a minute ago, I heard, uh, a very familiar sound of shaking of a dog and dog, dog, a oh dog's ears flapping all over the place. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That picked up.
1: My dog no, is, no, no. He's, he's really embracing this whole work from home situation that we have right here. He's, like the only one yeah. that's stoked that everyone's home all the time, and he has this like really s- silly toy that he he's showing off right now for us.
0: I love it. you guys. Won't be I able wish to I kind of wish yeah, it was sorry. on video.
1: No, don't apologize. Dogs he's, are the greatest. He's pretty funny. He, I know. I think so. I think yeah. I post about him too much, actually. No, but I can't help myself.
0: You you have to dogs. Dogs yeah. are the greatest. Dogs are the greatest humans, the, the greatest ever. Um, don't ever apologize for posting too much about your dog, ever. Do you have a dog? Oh, do we have a dog? Uh, yes. We oh, do? Bought a collie. Yeah, bought a collie oh, called nice. Henry, who, yeah, he's um he's sort of grown up on uh, In and Around Wits Up as well. So he's, he's okay. quite well known. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I'll have to check him out then he's a he's a handsome guy you've got a, a boxer we do yeah we do
1: I had just moved What's in with name? my now his name is Tyson and Excellent. I had just moved in with my now husband then boyfriend and I was I think 22 years old and Steve was gone at a training camp for running and he had really missed yeah. me. And I think he'd had like a few too many beers the n- this particular night. And I called him and I said, Hey, what do you think about us getting a puppy? And I caught him at like just the right vulnerable time. And he said, we can, we can look. And so I found, yeah. a bo- I found a litter of boxer puppies to go look at the day that he was born, the day that he came home. And we went to this, we went to a TGI Fridays to look at the dogs with like cash in our pockets and, you know, once you go look, the dog's coming home
0: with you. Totally. Okay. But hang on, I yeah. need to – okay, so I absolutely understand the whole um, once you go and have a look at puppy, at puppy, like it's game over because cool. I did the same thing with, with Henry. I was like, oh, I'll just yeah. go and have a look and then, you know, within seconds you're like, oh, yeah, I will be back in two weeks to pick it up. But totally. But what do you mean you went yeah. to TGIF or TGI Fridays to – to look at the dog. Like, isn't it yes. a bar or a restaurant?
1: <laughs> so I found <laughs> I found the litter on Craigslist or something. Ah! Found the litter. <laughs> I sort of feel like we rescued the dog even though we bought him. <laughs> but okay. I found I found the litter on Craigslist and they were 10 weeks old or something. And they said, We will meet you in this random town in the middle of California at a TJ Fridays, which is like kind of like an Applebee's. It's like a, and so they met us in the parking lot and actually like really had to pee because it was an hour away from where we lived. And I said, Steve, just go look at the dogs. I'm going to go pee. And like, I'll be back in one second. Just go talk, just go meet them. And I come back and he's holding Tyson, which is the only remaining male puppy. And yeah. it was game over. Game we actually took him, <laughs> so we took him home that night. And I had two weeks left in my oh, cross country season. I'm still in college. We're, we were really dumb. I had two weeks left in my cross country season. <laughs> I was like, Steve, just if you can just get the nights for the next two weeks, I'll will be on full puppy duty after that, and I get my nine hours of sleep. And I wake up the next morning all like bright eyed and bushy tailed and I come out into the living room, and he's exhausted, sitting on the floor playing fetch with this. <laughs> puppy and he looks up at me and he goes we have to take the dog back oh. <laughs> but we already named him and our friends had met him and so the dog wasn't gonna go anywhere oh yeah. my
0: goodness heart out they are just like babies at first aren't they they, re-
1: they really are i know we had just we had just bought a brand new
0: white couch and you can only
1: imagine what happened with oh that. god i
0: know i know <laughs> Oh, shit. When I got Henry, I had to, um, like, I thought he was pretty well behaved. But then, oh, I don't know, I reckon about two weeks into having him is like, he's like, yeah, I'm comfortable now. Now I'm going to stir some shit up. And he had like, yeah, chewed the bottom of, because I was renting, and he chewed the bottom of the front door to a point that, when I moved out, I had to I had to replace our front door because it could not it's not like we could paint over it. It was like oh <laughs> yeah. my like, oh my god, like who 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 does that? Like <laughs> when they move out of a rental goes I'll just yep, I'll I will purchase a brand new front door for you. Sorry about that. Far out. That's oh, all. I know the distraction
1: is pretty yeah. impressive.
0: Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey Okay, so I mean, I probably should have warned you that a lot of the talk may be about dogs, but it seems like any dog person (laughs) loves it anyway. So uh, we may lose a few listeners, but we're going to continue talking about dogs. Um, Why did you choose a male dog? I don't know. Steve really wanted
1: a boy, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a guy thing that they just like want to. a guy dog and so i don't know i don't know but i just went along with it because i really wanted a puppy and i don't discriminate
0: <laughs> you're like yeah, just give me a puppy any <laughs> hey, yeah. puppy. Yeah. It's- yeah i don't know i don't know what the in- rationale was of that yeah right because but i had in my head that i wanted a male dog as well and i don't i don't know why um i don't know maybe someone can psychoanalyze me about that i also thought that i wanted a son or i thought really? i was having a son yeah so i don't know maybe but you it's have a, a in right? me that yeah yeah huh um yeah it's just uh, yeah i don't know I, I it could have something to do with the fact that maybe you know i grew up with brothers um and you know all of my mates like my close mates have uh, have always been boys or well boys because it was growing up and i don't know it's just maybe it's the massive tomboy in me that i just thought i was destined to be surrounded by by men but in a you know what i mean no that sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a bit, that
1: sounds weird yeah. <laughs> that would sounds weird no i get it i get it yeah i don't know why i don't know why we i don't know why we wanted to hit the boy dog he was really yeah. handsome too he was i mean yeah. He is a she is a beautiful <laughs> dog, especially for being picked up from a parking lot.
0: Uh, a boxers um, known to be a little bit stupid.
1: No, no, he's, he's, per- big, he's very smart. He is ca- he's kind of an <laughs> asshole. If I'm big, taller, can I say
0: that on this podcast? You totally can. <laughs> okay. And yeah. I also think it's hilarious calling. Animals and small children, assholes. I think it just sounds so funny. <laughs> or jokes, assholes yeah, and what is jerks.
1: It He's one of those two, yeah. What is it called when you, like, uh, put human emotions onto animals? A- amorphism, oh, is that what is it's it? called? There's a word for it. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. What I didn't it, know I that was like, a thing. It's a thing, yeah. It's a thing. People are, yeah, it's a Wait, thing. Boy.
0: When you, I'm just googling how When you put human emotions on animals, is that what you said? We need to yeah. Find out what it is. is it anthropomorphism?
1: Um. Oh my god. Or is that something else?
0: Oh. oh. who knows what? The, um. Wait, hang on. Giving human characteristics to animals, inanimate objects, or natural phenomena is a human trait called what? Did you say
1: anthropomorphism?
0: Yeah, and and yeah from, from more fives. Oh. I'm impressed.
1: I'm impressed with myself. There you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, you should be. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm actually just writing that down because maybe that might be the title of uh, this podcast episode because it's funny and people are like, what the I, hell? <laughs> "I like it. I like it." Oh, uh, funny. Um, just quickly, before we move on, it's, um, I'm just getting a little bit of uh, noise from the microphone. Is that sitting okay. against your top or?
1: It's not now. It's maybe just hold
0: it away. Okay. Yeah, so we'll just see how that goes. Sorry. Thank you. No worries. Um, okay. Now, are you ready for th- This may be the most hard-hitting question you're ever going to receive in your career. Okay. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm ready. You should be very nervous. <laughs> okay. I uh, okay. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady right now?
1: <laughs> Did you do some research on me,
0: mate? Oh, I'm I devastated. Know, I
1: know my shit. I'm devastated. So I'm a Pat- um, I'm a New England Patriots fan, and I have a massive Tom Brady crush. I just think he's uh, mm-hmm. great. Um, <laughs> not in a weird sort of way, it's husband, just, eh? <laughs> no. it's just, you know, like, <laughs> he's just, uh, he's a legend. So I'm yep. devastated. I'm devastated. I really feel like they could have worked something out. I feel like he should have ended his yep. career there. We know how this ends. It's not going to end well. Just, like, look back at Brett Favre and how that all went down. Ooh. So yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I will move on, but I'm not not, <laughs> ha- so cool. not happy about it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with all okay. my TV12 shirts now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the first to admit I don't know – a lot about American football I'm learning though and I've been listening to a podcast uh called uh Sport Wars and Brett 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 it was Brett Favre versus Aaron Rodgers was one of the um discussions yet I love it because they so what they do with Sport Wars is they talk about um rivalries whether it's in the same team like it was with um Brett and Aaron to begin with um, yeah. or they talk about, like, rivalries between teams over time or, like, yeah. So what what I have noticed is I don't think there's been any female ones, so I might send them a quick note and say they need to work on that. Um, but anyway, I learned a lot from the Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers interview, and then they go on and they talk about the greatest quarterback of all time, and obviously um, Tom Brady comes up in uh, – that that uh, i guess conversation so my question Obviously to sorry. you is is he is he the greatest quarterback of all time 100%
1: 100% <laughs> of 100%. course of course of course i mean time will tell of course but i don't think there's any denying that he is
0: goat yeah. Yeah. and what do you think specifically about him makes him the goat
1: He's a really smart player. His results speak for themselves. His consistency is next level. He's just a classy, classy player.
0: And do you think you'll still feel the same way about him in a year's time after he's been playing for another team?
1: I think so. I think I he, you, could retire- a he could retire right now and be the greatest of all time. I think that he should have retired if he was gonna leave the Patriots. But <laughs> I don't yeah, my my feelings as him as the legend that he is don't change based on based on this move, yeah. but I don't think that it's a good one. I don't think it's <laughs> gonna help his cause necessarily.
0: But I think yeah, that okay. what he's
1: done with the Patriots is just, you know, next level.
0: Yeah. Okay, I just actually remembered that they did on this same podcast. It was uh, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning as well. So re- really, interesting. Um, yeah, listening to that, and then, um, and then how their sort of friendship grew as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was very friendly back in the early days, but
0: no, didn't sound like yeah. it. Yeah. Uh funny. Uh, so do you want to know how I knew about that, about you? Yeah, I was yeah. just literally scrolling through your Instagram and I think it was back in 2015 or something. You had posted something about Tom Brady and I was like, ooh, I know a tidbit of information about Tom Brady and surely wow. you seem pretty passionate. Surely she's going to have some thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I was just really, you know, insult to injury with everything that's going on in the world right now.
0: <laughs> it's up there. It's up there with the devastation of the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, I should
1: say. That's a little uh, insensitive maybe, shit. but he
0: <laughs> no, it it is didn't boost is morale all around all right. here. <laughs> So, so I heard, was that your husband in the background yelling? It was, yeah. So is he, he is, not a Patriots fine. fan?
1: He's not a Patriots fan, no. I'm only a Patriots okay. fan because my dad is from Boston. He is from the Bay Area. Gotcha. So he is like a Warriors fan, 49er fan. Right. Yeah. Okay. Giants fan, Yeah. It's, I didn't you know, change my to... sporting allegiances based on my marriage. I did change my name, and I... but I did not sh- <laughs> change my fanships. <band>
0: <laughs> you can't. That, like, you can't. You couldn't do that. No. no. <laughs> You're,
1: like, giving up your whole identity.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay, so let's um, – how long would you say you've been in triathlon for now? Ooh.
1: I did my first triathlon in the spring of, actually, that's a lie. I did my first triathlon, Uh I think, when I was, when I was 11 years old, and it was just a local triathlon, and I won. Which was cool. I think there were only five people in my race. It wasn't legit. Yep. But I did do a triathlon. I would not consider myself a triathlete based on that performance. But I did my first <laughs> I did my first triathlon as an adult, or as a real athlete, when in the spring of 2017 I would say. But I had been training for a few months before that, so I guess since 2017, yeah.
0: Okay, so so in and we will get to your uh, background, which is a lot more ru- running. We'll get we'll get to that. But you've been essentially in the sport since 2017. So still very, very new to it. Based on, what, based on what you've seen, who do you think is the GOAT of triathlon?
1: Ooh.
0: Mm, Ooh. Big questions.
1: That's a big question. I don't know. I really don't know if I can answer that. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to educate myself about the history of the sport. Um, yeah. Oh Gosh, I don't know.
0: But say Maybe okay. Paula? So let's say okay. Based on the number of Kona wins,
1: yeah. But I, gosh, that's not even. Oh, I'd have to really. I'd have to really think about that. If I was yeah. to really look at all aspects of the
0: sport, yeah. Yeah, but then okay. So let's just forget forget about doing the research. You know. But if you, you know, walking into the sport and you go, wow, that person's incredible. Like who, because I'm interested, because I've been in the sport for, for quite a while now. And if you asked me that question, I couldn't, I couldn't answer you straight away because I'd be like, like you just sort of said, I need to do a bit more research and then, you know, get my facts and figures together. But from someone who's just kind of new to the sport, who, who, like what names do you hear and what, like who stands out to you? Okay, so we just got cut off uh, a little bit there. So just in case we missed the, uh, I guess the last question, and now you've had a bit of time to think about <laughs> it. <laughs> the question basically was: as as a newbie to the sport of triathlon, uh, what names sort of stood out? Who 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 do you think, based on not much research or his, knowing much of the history, who do you think is the goat in triathlon?
1: Can I give two answers?
0: You may. We'll okay. allow
1: it. May I? Yeah. Oof. So mm. my college coach, one of my college coaches at UC Berkeley on the track team, trained and coached Gwen Jorgensen when she was running at Wisconsin.
0: Oh, wow. And in 2010,
1: 2011, I was starting to hear about Gwen and her ascendance in the sport and so she was definitely a bit of an inspiration to me and I really enjoyed following her whole journey through till Rio Yep, and I think that obviously what she did in the sport and how dominant she was really speaks for itself and was really just fun to watch as a fan of triathlon before I was even a triathlete myself yeah right and then I have been a huge Rinny fan actually since ah, before yeah. I was a triathlete we had a mutual sponsor and i didn't know her but we were sponsored by uh, the same company during well sh- during all of her wins in kona and so yeah. i got a little bit of an insight into her process and just really enjoyed following her and she's so classy and gritty and she's a runner too so yeah so I I enjoyed enjoy following her I think I think that we may have some of the goats in the sport right now but I don't on, yep. I I guess I choose I am a fan of the sport but I mm. I don't necessarily look to my competitors as a f- fangirl girl. or as role models necessarily. Um, But, yeah, I think that we have some of the best in the sport ever competing right now.
0: That's a really good point. And the thing is the sport is still so young that uh, I think you nailed it in saying that there's a lot of potentially um, greatest of all times currently involved in the sport. Great point.
1: Absolutely. It's such a fun time to be competing right now. It's so dynamic and so competitive and I think we're still really trying to figure out what's possible and so I'm enjoying being a part of that.
0: Definitely. So let's um let's just take a little trip down memory lane. Uh <laughs> your your background obviously is running. Um, and I guess to, 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 sum it all up and correct me if I'm wrong, you, there was a lot of injuries, uh, throughout your running career, which kind of led you towards triathlon. Is that, is that a fair summation?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I was injured for most of my college career and then kind of got my health together in my last year of college and had some solid performances that indicated that maybe well indicated to me at least that I could continue or should continue to pursue running. And then I had some kind of moments of brilliance right after I graduated and was, you know, like on the cusp of making the U S national team, but then struggled with several injuries during the last couple of years of my professional running career and I had a really disappointing race at the 2016 Olympic trials in the 10k and had been injured in my build up and quickly injured my Achilles again right after the trials and had just been following triathlon as a fan and my husband looked over at me when we were watching the triathlon the olympics and said i think you should try that you'd be good at it and i just laughed and told him that i thought it was a ridiculous idea but he got me set up on a bike and i really enjoyed that and i joined a master's group and then i just kind of went down the rabbit hole uh, as many of us do with getting totally obsessed with the idea of becoming a triathlete
0: yeah right so uh, like you said earlier, your husband really has played a big role in your your career and do, do you think he oh, – sorry, do you think you would have come up with the idea by, by yourself or it really was his um, gentle persuasion I guess?
1: I'm not sure. I kind of think that I – now I really feel like I was made to do triathlon.
0: Yeah, right. And I
1: was starting to become more of a fan. And I had purchased the WTS like season pass so you can watch all of the races yeah. that that Olympic year because it was so exciting, especially on the women's side. So I yeah. think m- maybe eventually I would have – yeah, I would have wanted to – explore it myself but I think sometimes it's a little bit easier when someone else kind of doesn't like give you permission but encourages you or um yeah suggests the idea rather than you wanting to make a totally crazy career change
0: yeah for sure how, how do you how do you think you respond to people telling you what to do.
1: I am quite coachable as an athlete. Yeah, right. Which I think has really helped with my transition to triathlon and now to, you know, non-draft. But I also feel like I'm a pretty strong-willed, independent person. And yeah. so, yeah, maybe it goes over better. <laughs> <It's>, like, suggested, <laughs> suggested, or if I'm, I like to be part of the conversation
0: Ooh. for sure. Good answer, great yeah. answer. It's um <laughs> the reason I just brought it up is just recently it's been I guess a conversation I've had with a few people, and I know I know for sure what I'm like, and I I do not like being told what to do. But I'm really open to, I guess, the conversation or um, suggestions. Um, but I think it's it's all for me. It's all within the delivery. So opposed to, you should have done this or you should do this. Should it, like the way to um, convey that message to me should be more like, ha- have you considered this? Do you know? Like it's a it's a very different delivery.
1: And I think, at least with my coach now, I think that's why I work with Matt Dixon out of Purple Patch. And I think why we jive so well is because of how he presents my training and his ideas of what's best for me as we move forward. And it's really well thought out, and there's a purpose behind everything. And so. I definitely need to know why we're doing certain things, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I want to get. What does your husband do?
1: My husband is a sailmaker. Oh. He also teaches um, at an after-school program, mm-hmm. and he just joined the California National Guard. So he's kind of he's a jack of all trades. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a little bit. A let's, lot, let's, there's a lot
1: going on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Sailmaker uh, f- for yachts, I assume. Is that?
1: Yep, for yachts and sailboats. Mm-hmm. His, his, they have a family business out of Sausalito near where we live called Hood Sailmakers.
0: Ah, cool. Yeah. One of my good friends back home in Tasmania is a sailmaker. And oh, sail- cool. Yeah, and so he just, with this whole um, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, epidemic, I'm not too sure, I don't actually know what the difference is between a pandemic and an epidemic, do you?
1: I think the pandemic is the global part, right? Uh,
0: yeah, okay, that makes sense. Let's go with that. Uh, I, I think so, so. Before, I can
1: be wrong though.
0: No, you're impressing <laughs> me with your knowledge of different words uh during this podcast so Thanks. i'm going to say. Go <laughs> um, but so he's the sale maker right and he just posted yes. something the other day about making up some specific um like big plastic sheets for people in certain industries to sort of protect them so like however it looks but like it provides a a sheet of plastic between um, the, the customer service employee and say a a customer. So whatever, you know, I'm just thinking of like, um, toll booths or whatever. And there's, so they're providing that to different companies to help, yeah, help those people who need to be at work for whatever reason, um, just just to, I don't know, just to help kind of lessen, you know, the, the chance that spit might fly from your mouth. Totally. Anyway, there's a bit of random stuff. That's so, that's
1: really neat. It's cool how it's, it's, it's amazing to me how people from, you know, totally unrelated industries are like fashion designers are pitching in right now to Mm. put their resources towards making masks, (sighs) which is just, it's it's really cool to see people stepping up and yeah, yeah.
0: I definitely think contributing. Yeah and and this i mean there's so many takeaways from this entire um situation but it's certainly teaching people how to think outside the box and um think outside the box while being inside the box uh but you right. know it, just to be creative and um yeah just finding different ways to do things i think i mean on the other end of this it would be really interesting to see um you know, who reverts back to the old way and then who continues along the line of, uh, you know, I don't know, the creative processes that they've had to undertake. Uh, I think it'll be really interesting on the other side for sure.
1: Yeah, I think I think so too. I think, you know, we're really starting to realise how important our own impacts are on our local communities and our global communities and I hope that, you know, we can continue to keep that in mind even yeah. when we're past this.
0: Yeah, de- definitely. We yeah, um let's try and change some some habits and um I don't know, practice compassion and empathy uh generally speaking not just for, you know, a certain set of time for sure.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Mm.
0: Um, let's go further back. Running career. Uh, when did you? Because you talked about being part of team sports and then got into to running. When did you? When did you figure out that that's what you wanted to do?
1: So I ran a little bit when I was in middle school, and I did well, but I really didn't enjoy it. I thought it was really hard. I had one one races and I just had this like intense fear of losing or failing for some reason and so I ran in 7th grade and then I didn't run in 8th grade because I just found it it wasn't fun but I rediscovered it when I started high school my freshman year and I joined the cross country team and I was having success and I really loved having friends that were juniors and seniors in high school I thought that was super cool and i i loved the t- i loved the team aspect initially and then when track season came around i started having more success and i started seeing my times drop and then i started winning and that's really f- winning is really fun <laughs> and, <laughs> and i think that's when i started to wrap my head around where it could maybe take me.
0: Yeah, right. And then in um, in triathlon, and I'm not talking about when you were um, seven, seven, did you say, or 11 years old? <laughs> seven.
1: I think, it, I don't know, it was somewhere between 10 and 11, something like that.
0: Okay, so not counting that massive win, um, when, when, you, when you crossed the line for the first time uh, in first place as a triathlete, was that kind of a moment that – solidified for you that yes you'd made the right right decision or was there another point in time where you're like yep this is this is definitely it this is this is what I need to be doing
1: it's pretty interesting that you asked that because I think that my first win in triathlon was at the Huatulco World Cup and I was still doing ITU and that was like a little over a year after my first triathlon and I thanks yeah Yeah. it it was interesting because I had been working so hard for a result like that and I crossed the finish line and I expected to feel this incredible elation and pride and instead I felt kind of empty and I think it was because. My family wasn't there. I was kind of by myself, and I was training full time with an i t u squad in San Diego, and my husband was living in San Francisco, and it wasn't kind of the fulfilling it was no longer a fulfilling journey for me wow. and short shortly after that, I decided to stop racing ITU, and I reached out to Matt Dixon to see if he would talk to me about maybe giving the whole non-draft thing a go.
0: Interesting. And is that because you saw a big difference between uh, the short distance and the long distance racing in that you could, I guess, uh, or that you weren't travelling as much to race destinations? Like what was it that thought that you thought you'd be more suited?
1: I think initially I just pretty much quit triathlon for a couple, for a week or two because I was, I think I was kind of just, I was kind of burned out on living apart from Steve and just living this life that completely revolved around training, yeah. which is something that I actually really enjoy. Like I love being in a competitive, immersive environment, but I don't think that it was doing really great things for my mental game or mental health and And so I moved home and I didn't know what I was. Gonna, I didn't know what I was gonna do, and it was weird timing because I finally got this like big result that was in theory gonna open other doors for me to start like competing on WTS and make a push at trying to become an Olympian in triathlon. But that no longer felt like a worthwhile goal if I couldn't be around the people, if I couldn't pursue it around the people that I, you know, love to be around, which is my husband and my family. And and so in that kind of limbo period where I didn't know what I was going to do next, I reached out to a couple of coaches and Nat Dixon is out of San Francisco and we just met for coffee and I didn't ask him to coach me and he didn't offer to coach me, but we just had a conversation about where I was at and what I thought I could do. And if I wanted to know if he thought that me giving 70.3 an Ironman was even a worthwhile pursuit for an athlete like me.
0: Wow. I I I don't think you'd find many athletes who win something that has the complete opposite effect to what you assume.
1: Yeah, it really kind of shook me to my core to be totally honest with you. Yeah. It wasn't the it wasn't the experience that I thought it would be. And I've, you know, won some other big races as a runner and now I've won some pretty big races as a triathlete and I know what it feels like when you cross the finish line and you get to experience, you know, all of your hard work and all of the people who invested in you in that one moment when you when you hold up the tape, tape? That's the best feeling in the entire world, and that's what I thought I would feel, but I did not feel that.
0: Wow, that is so interesting, and I've got to I've got to say clearly, you you really listened to your gut with that because a lot of people would would think well i've invested or you know this time i've made a big decision to to get into triathlon, um and I guess the brain would overrule the heart or the gut into ter- in terms of making a decision, but you really listened to your gut on that one
1: I did, and I think also for the first time, I was really honest with mm. the people who support me, like I was really honest with my husband and with my family about how I was actually doing and feeling about the whole situation and they were hundred percent on on my team and whatever I wanted to do and they've never put pressure on me as an athlete and they've always said that I could like walk away from sport tomorrow and they would still love me regardless and yeah. so I think when you have people in your life that don't make it about the results. They just genuinely want you to enjoy the process and they want you to be like a protective contributing member of society when it's not just about like winning, then it gives you the freedom to make decisions like that. And that's something that I, that I think I've really experienced with this kind of second chapter of my triathlon career is when you, surround yourself with really awesome people who believe in you and who keep things really fun and who make it about the journey and the process that like has freed me up to just want to find out what's possible without a whole lot of pressure this is totally a second chance for me that I didn't think that would have
0: wow I'm blown away kudos to you that's, in- that's <laughs> amazing thanks I how old are you? I'm thirty. 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 Yep. Yeah. Right. It, you've you've experienced a lot, like in in terms of um, athletic achievements and and uh, journeys, for want of a better word, uh, going from a, a potential Olympic career in uh, in running to then that being the goal in triathlon to then changing again and you're only 30 like this is this next phase of triathlon is just it really is just the beginning
1: thank you thanks i appreciate that i i'm definitely not risk averse and i'm not afraid to make to i'm not afraid to bet on myself or to chase after big goals and I think that that has gotten me into trouble in the past when I didn't have like the right people around me or the right support but I'm finding that with the right the right people and the right support from sponsors and community that yeah. being able to take those risks risks on yourself really opens up the possibility the possibilities
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. where where do you think um this attitude of um taking risks comes from? Like is it from your parents? Uh excuse my ignorance. Sorry, do you do you have siblings? No.
1: I do. I have a younger brother and he is he is a stud. He's a special tactics officer in the air force. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So he's yeah. let's just call him maverick. <laughs> Pretty much,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's awesome. But I don't know. I I think that my parents are both super, super hardworking people. They yeah. both came from like probably lower middle class upbringings, big families, and my mom is a super successful family doctor, and my dad is very, very bright. He's a High school history teacher, and I think that we were just really supported in whatever we wanted to try, and we were given a lot of opportunities. And you know, I think that it's easy for people to say that they just like worked really, really hard for whatever they've achieved, but I think that you know, I've had a lot of opportunity and I've had a lot of support and encouragement along the way. And I have models of what hard work looks like at home.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I like that. I'm just writing down notes, opportunity and support. Cause I think that's, that's kind of the key, isn't it?
1: Totally. I think that, yeah, I think that, I think that it's, probably a bit it's probably a bit ignorant to think that you know some people have success and others don't just because they work hard or they don't work hard i think that so much of it is about opportunity and i've had a lot of opportunity
0: yeah yeah right okay so maverick (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, just enlighten me a little bit, because now all I can think about is um, Tom Cruise, obviously, and <laughs> the Top Gun number two movie coming out this year, and I'm worried because Top Gun the original was such a, a iconic movie. Maybe not. F- maybe you were a little bit young for it to be so iconic. Was it? No, iconic I've seen
1: movie? Top Gun. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. For sure. So, what does what was your brother's name? Sorry, other than Maverick?
1: <laughs> his name is max
0: max um yeah what, so what does he actually do
1: his story is insane if you have a couple of minutes let's but, do it <laughs> okay so, so he grew up as a swimmer and he always hated running he like wasn't a good runner he didn't enjoy it it was always really hard for him he became a very good water polo player and was the captain of the water polo team at the Air Force Academy. And oh, wow. as he was going to get his pilot slot towards the end of his, um, towards the end of his like collegiate career, they found some liver damage, and he would had open heart surgery when he was four, Jeez. and apparently. Apparently, when he was four, they accidentally sewed a flap of skin over a valve in his heart. And that valve went to his liver. And so they go in and they blow the valve open through like a catheter procedure. And a couple days after the procedure, he gets on a treadmill at like 5,000 feet in Denver. And he starts jogging. And he starts going a little faster. And by the end... He is running six minute miles, like it's not that big of a thing. And we come to find out that he now has 50% more blood flow through his heart.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: I know. I know. And he, throughout this whole process, he had to give up his pilot slot and was basically given a finance job in the Air Force. And he got there and hated it and started a very lengthy pursuit of becoming a special tactics officer, which is like. This, the Air Force's version of a SEAL.
0: My God! Okay, I'm taking it back. He's way cooler than Maverick. Way cooler. he's really
1: he's way cooler. He's way cooler than me. I tell people that all the time. He's badass. Yeah.
0: Holy shit! Yeah. Wow! What a story! Wow. He's a
1: persistent little stinker. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you guys obviously. I mean, I think what keeps coming up in this this chat is how close you are to your family and I'll throw friends in there as well. Um but it's it seems like you're still quite close with him.
1: I am, yeah. Yeah. He lives in he lives in New Mexico, so I don't get to see him as often as I would like to, but yeah, we're we're pretty close.
0: Yeah, right. So do have you got the kind of family that uh comes together again at Christmas time or Thanksgiving's pretty big over there, right?
1: Yeah, we've got one of those. We got one yeah. of those.
0: <laughs> watch the watch the football on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm, like I'm. I learn everything from Seinfeld and Friends, <laughs> which is how I know, you know how things work. So I yeah. assume you, you, you cook a turkey and watch the football,
1: yeah. right? We do the we do the whole thing. Although one year my dog Tyson stole the turkey before we cooked it. <laughs>
0: dragged it out of
1: dragged it out he so my dad was like prepping the whole turkey like good americans do the morning of thanksgiving and he left to go do something somewhere else in the house and he comes back and the turkey is gone i think actually first he realized that the dog was gone he couldn't find the dog and he was freaking out and he went out to like around the whole block trying to find the dog because he thought the dog escaped and he goes into the backyard and Tyson has buried his head inside of the turkey.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. So you, you obviously watch friends.
1: I do. We you do watch, watch friends. friends. Yeah. Oh Yeah.
0: Okay. So he was literally like Monica when she got her head <laughs> stuck. No, Joey got his head <laughs> stuck inside the turkey. So that's what your dog did.
1: Pretty much, pretty much, was yeah.
0: Eating it from the inside out.
1: He was stoked, stoked.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. That is it was so, it was
1: fabulous.
0: Do you have any photos of that?
1: Oh, I'll have to ask my dad. I don't know that I have any photos of it, but I'll okay. look for you.
0: We need to find out because I would love to be able to repost that uh, when okay. we post <laughs> post this episode. That would be hilarious. Okay. Oh, my God. That's a great story. Um, yeah. I, I mean, dogs, we've come full circle and we're talking about the dog again, which is perfect. We sure have. I know. <laughs> um, we're going to have to wrap things up because typically these podcasts take about an hour. But um, I've got, well, before we wrap it up, I've got one more question for you. Okay. Um and it's a new question I'm gonna ask on every podcast. So you're the first time I'm doing this.
1: Oh, I'm honored.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you should be. Uh, <laughs> who who, aside from yourself, who yes. is your favorite famous Chelsea?
1: Oh my goodness. It's a, Ooh, it a hard question. That's a tough one. Like, it's gotta be yeah. Chelsea Handler or Chelsea Clinton?
0: Yes. Well, they're the two that I know, but so I'll go straight to Chelsea Handler.
1: Chelsea Handler, she's so she's great. She's so funny. She's
0: the I best.
1: I love. She does she's, not hold back.
0: No, but yeah. so she's she's awesome because she doesn't hold back, and it's I have lo- loved watching and listening to her progression and her finding out about herself over the years. Um, and she, yeah, she's. Have you watched all of her stuff on Netflix and listened to her latest podcast?
1: I actually haven't, but I know that she's had quite twi- quite a transformative past few years.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and it's super super interesting. You should definitely listen to the podcast. I will check it out. Loved it. Yeah, it's really cool, and she's funny as so. She's funny. so
1: she's so funny.
0: Do you know she came to Australia? Um, I think it was part of actually that podcast series, but it was her tour. And the one time she was in Australia was when Kona was on, and so <gasps> I wasn't here. I no. know. I know. So so oh. close to just canceling our trip to the world. So close
1: yet so far. Well, that just shows your dedication to the sport. Yep. So kudos
0: yeah thank you I appreciate it I appreciate you <laughs>
1: um
0: hey thank you so much for joining me it's been such a delight getting to know you a lot better you've not been in the sport for very long so I, I I don't honestly don't know a whole bunch about you but you have got a great story uh you're super open um it's been it's been really really nice thank you thank
1: Oh, thank you so much, Steph. That means a lot, and hopefully, our our paths will cross soon one of these days, when we can all get back to traveling and racing and yeah, doing all the things we love as healthy humans.
0: Yes, and at one of those points where our paths cross, cross, uh, we'll grab a glass of red with uh, pew pew. That's what I call therapy. Oh
1: yeah, my girl therapy.
0: Yeah. Don't you reckon her last name sounds like a laser gun? That's why I call her pew pew.
1: I I haven't thought about it that way, but I like it. (laughs) I'm making it
0: stick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, Okay, thank you so much, and uh, we will definitely chat again soon.
1: Cool. Thank you so much for having me, Steph.